Brother Terry, thank you, Kyle, for reminding us about this day of Persecuted Church. Talking to Eric Reeves, and while just a day or so ago, or maybe just this morning, sometime, I had another pastor in Pakistan that was killed, and so a Christian pastor, and so they're having a very difficult time all over the world. Christians are, and so it's good to be here and be safe and and uh, just be together. And so we're blessed in being able to do that. If you brought your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 3. And we want to look at a familiar passage of Scripture beginning with verse 14. Um, you know, I know you probably have never heard me preach a 15-minute sermon before. And I hate to disappoint you, but you're not going to hear that today either. <laughs> I'm going to take my watch off and... Instead of putting it here in front of me, I'm just going to stick it in my pocket. And uh, so, but we're going to be all right, I promise. We're going to be all right. Just a little longer in God's house. Revelation 3. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, verse 14. A lukewarm church. Terry just signed. Just a closer walk. What kind of walk are you having with the Lord today? And to the angel of the church of Laodicea write, These things say the Amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of creation of God. I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I'm rich, I've become wealthy, and I need nothing. And do not know that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich and, and white garments, and that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eyesight that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Therefore, be zealous. Who's he speaking to? Those who are lukewarm. He says, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now, he's not talking to lost people here. Get that. Keep it in context. Sometimes preachers use this about God standing at your door, heart's door knocking, and he is to the lost, but he's addressing, he's addressing the saved, those who are lukewarm. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in to him and dine with him and he with me. We'll have fellowship with you. Father, thank you for your word. Speak to our hearts this morning. Allow your Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and then help us, we pray, to follow the leading of your Holy Spirit in decisions that we need to make. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, prior to partaking of the Lord's Supper, we were asked by God to examine ourselves to to see if we were in the faith, to see if we were saved. The scripture says, examine yourselves to see, the, see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless you fail the test? So therefore, last week, we examined ourselves to make sure that we were saved before we uh, took part in the Lord's Supper. This morning, the Lord wants us to examine ourselves, not for salvation, but in regards to our zeal and our earnestness to our work for the Lord. 
Look at your zeal and earnestness this morning and how you serve the Lord, how you work for the Lord. And so can we truthfully say that we're a people of zealous, we're zealous and we're earnest in the work of the Lord. Laodicea could not say that. Can we say that individually as a church? Are we zealous? Are we earnest in working for the Lord? And as a pastor of this church, as the under-shepherd of this church, Mountain View Baptist Church, I'm deeply concerned. I'm concerned about our church. I'm not concerned about any other church but Mountain View Baptist Church. Whatever other churches do, that's their leading of the Holy Spirit to do. I'm concerned about Mountain View Baptist Church. And I am concerned that some are zealous in the work of the Lord, but some aren't. That's a deep concern of me as a pastor. And what really troubles my heart is I remember the times that those who aren't as zealous now and earnest now that they were then. So what's happened? Whatever reason, whatever excuse they have, they're lukewarm in their relationship with the Lord. Here's where they once were, here's where they are now. You fall in that group. Are you zealous? Are you earnest for the Lord? Now, lukewarmness did not begin at the church of Laodicea. Got to go all the way back. It's illustrated with Lot, way back in the book of Genesis. The condition of lukewarmness there it was found there in, in Sodom and Gomorrah. The citizens of Sodom detested Lot. They didn't care one thing about Lot. They allowed him a place in the council. He sat at the city gate. He was a very important person. But they sneered at his religion. They would laugh at his sermons. Lot lost his future in Sodom. Lot lost his family in Sodom. And Lot almost lost his faith in Sodom. Now, how did he do that? Because he wanted the best of both worlds. He wanted the best of this world, and he wanted the best of the world to come. Thus it was with Laodicea. And so in Revelation 3, 14 through 20, God declares that judgment will come upon the church who becomes lukewarm. Now, what makes up the church? The people do. So judgment's going to come up on the people who demonstrate lukewarmness to the Lord. So therefore, the, the admonition is found in verse 19. Look at verse 19. As many as I love, I rebuke, I chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. Now the question for us to consider this morning is, have I become lukewarm in my service to the Lord? Yes, no. It's real simple. Am I as passionate, earnest, have as much zeal as I have I had when I started? Do I have that zeal and earnestness now? Or have I, over the year, over the years, become lukewarm in my service for the Lord? Yes or no? Have I become lukewarm in my service to the Lord? Have I become lukewarm? Meaning, have I lost my zeal in doing work for the Lord? Yes or no? 
And if your answer is anything other than a resounding yes, or a resounding no, excuse me, a resounding no, then God help us to see where we've departed from him and repent and return to him today. Put it off. So look first at the problem presented. It's found in verses 15 through 16. And the problem was they were neither hot nor cold. Now, the people knew what lukewarmness was. They had built this aqueduct from the mountains down to the city of Laodicea. And Laodice, uh, the city of Laodicea. And when the water started coming down the aqueduct, it was real cold. It was ice cold. And by the time it got to Laodicea, down at the foot of the mountain, it was kind of like lukewarm. You know what lukewarm is. So God says, Laodicea, you have a problem. And your problem's not your water. Your problem is that your spiritual life is lukewarm. It's not hot. It's not cold. It's just enough to make me vomit. Now listen, is God speaking to you this morning, perhaps? Speaking to your spirit? And saying your spiritual life is making me sick. It's not hot and it's not cold. So first of all, there's, there's, a, there's a, a problem. But secondly, it's time for a personal examination of the problem. Now, in a, in a public eating place, the health department comes in and, and checks everything. And one thing they make sure they check is, is the water hot enough to disinfect all the dishes and silverware and pots and pans and all that has to be at a certain degree. Is that water hot enough? Does it, does it, is it acceptable? Is it an acceptable temperature? God says it's time to check your spiritual temperature to see if it's adequate, to see if it meets my requirements. So he's asking us to evaluate ourselves, not for salvation, but if we're lukewarm or not our spiritual condition in regards to that. And so you have some basic Christian disciplines I want to go through real quick. You know them. First of all, how's your prayer life? How's your prayer life? Is it hot? Is it cold? God says, if it's anything but hot, it makes me want to vomit. This is real simple. The word hot means, it means spiritual fervor. It means a spiritual boiling point. You need to maintain a spiritual boiling point in your prayer life. Now, I confess to you, mine drops at times, and I have to check my spiritual boiling point. I have to check. I have to turn up the burner on my prayer life at times. God knows that we'll have to do that. God says that if your prayer life is not a, a constant boil, it makes me sick, and it's really not acceptable. You see, God is saying basically this, a prayer just before meals and no other time during the day really don't get it with me. So the question is, is there anyone here that needs to repent of a lukewarm prayer life? Don't raise your hands. Anyone here? Secondly, Bible study, devotional time. How's your temperature? Are you actively involved in a small group Bible study class at church? If you're not, you need to be. Have you, tr have you, have you turned your burner up on your Bible study this week? When's the last time you opened your Bible? Last Sunday, 
you bring your Bible to church today. Sometimes, you know, I love the screens, and so hand, they're so handy, but sometimes I, I believe it's kind of harmful to us in a way because we, don't, we get where we don't bring our Bibles to church at times. So is your Bible study, your personal devotion time, your small group study, is that at the boiling point? Anything less than the boiling point makes God sick. What about your stewardship? Stewardship temperature. Are you following the biblical guidelines in regards to your giving? Real simple. Are you, are you tithing? You don't hear that much lately. Malachi 3.10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me and test me. Try me now, says the Lord of hosts, if I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that you're not, you don't have room enough to hold. We bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, all your money, talents, time. And, you sung it real good, but are you demonstrating that in worship? Have you, have, you looked at the, have you looked at the giving on the front of the, of the announcement sheet? I've got mine right here. I might need to point this out. In fact, I know I need to do is point it out. The people gave last, last week ministry stream. I don't know. This is where we pay our bills. The ministry stream is where we pay our bills. That's what our tithe goes to. $4,548. Now, if you'll notice, that's our church budget, and our weekly requirement is $6,100. Is $6, and when you take in $4,548, and it's been the same budget for three years, and we're $40,000 below our required giving, and we want to know why can't we do this, and why can't we do that, and why can't we do this, and why don't we have that? Three guesses, the first two don't count. So do you need to repent in regards to stewardship? Oh, we're doing, we're doing okay, we're paying the bills. Nothing extra. Nothing extra. Church attendance, Hebrews 10, 24. Forsake not yourself the assembling of yourselves together in the manner of some. But attend even much more as you see the day approaching. So first of all, I understand there's a number of believers who are not physically able to attend church today. They're not. Some are in long-term facilities, nursing homes, assisted living, hospitals. Care, they're at home with the caregivers there, or different caregivers coming in and out. And I'm happy that we have a ministry through social media that they can, that they, someone every week, comments about our worship service to me somewhere that's having to stay at home. And I, and I really appreciate our homebound. I really do. I appreciate their prayers. I appreciate their financial support. Every month, by the end of the month, I have a few little letters from our homebound. I don't open them, but I know, what the, I know what's in the letter. Wanting to support the church, although they can't come. You see, you might want to evaluate the stewardship part also. Some people are habitually also neglecting to meet on the Lord's Day. When they, when they 
Let me just read the note I put down. While at the same time we have those at home today watching this service who are physically able to be it with their church family but are so lukewarm spiritually that they're making God sick. That was my note. Habitually neglecting the service. Did you know in 1937, 73% of Americans belonged to a church? Evangelical church? In 2020, 50% attended church? I, I, I th 1937, 73% attended church. 2020, 50% of Americans attended church. And then less than 50% in 2023 let that sink in and the next generation comes up knowing not god why is that because their parents wouldn't take them to church children love to go to church amen you saw them in here the other day someone quote zaphaniah in one oh they, they learned a memory verse they were so excited Daddy or Mama, I want to go to church. Well, we can't go to church. Had one to tell me recently, didn't know we had church on Tuesday, on Sunday night. Has your service to the Lord, is your service to the Lord? I talked about church attendance. What about the service to the Lord? Your service. How's your service to the Lord and His church? Has that reached a spiritual boiling point? Is it lukewarm on a, or just a slow simmer in what you do for the Lord? Are you using your spiritual gifts? Just read in your own time. 1 Corinthians 12, where everyone receives a spiritual gift. And even the old, even the elderly are necessary in the church. Everyone has something to give to the church in regards to service. This past Tuesday night, we had trunk or treat. We had th between three and 500 people that came through, cooked over 350 hot dogs. We had at least 150 families. We gave a packet of material to one person in the family that came through the adult. We had tons of people here. And those that came at 4.30 and worked and served and took care and broke bonds and put in winnies and all that and cleaned up afterwards and set up before, just think, there's a place for everyone to serve. So has your service reached that spiritual boiling point that you're willing to serve, that you're willing to sing, that you're willing to teach? The reason that we serve is to build up the body and to edify the church. It's not for our own gratification. It's not to please the preacher, but it's to build up and edify the body of Christ. So there's a problem presented. There's a personal examination required. And then there's a judgment promised. You see that in verse, verse 19? As many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten, therefore be zealous and judgment's coming. Discipline's coming. He says, I rebuke. As many as I love, I rebuke. That word rebuke means to, to convict. It has the meaning of showing one's fault. God says, here's what it means. If you are lukewarm, I will show you that, and then I will discipline you for that. Here's the point. If you're a believer, a true follower of Christ, you're living a lukewarm, cooled-down Christian life, God's going to discipline you. 
And so don't be surprised when that comes. So there's a problem present. There's a personal examination. There's a judgment present and presented. And then there is a solution possible. And I'll close with this. Verse 19, what's the solution? Real simple. Therefore, be zealous and repent. God said it's time to get serious about your Christian life. It's more than just coming to church once or twice a month. Just floating in, floating out. The heat zone or the air zone, it's comfortable, it's not comfortable. You know, you're just here. You don't know who turned the lights on, who turned the lights off. And the bathroom's clean. You had an opportunity to, do, you know, who, who, you don't know. Why is that? Because you're not involved. You're not involved. And, and God says, repent and return to me in earnestness, meaning seriousness. You see, I'll close with this illustration. There was this ship found years ago among the icebergs in the Antarctic. And the captain, when they found this ship, the captain was frozen making his last journal, uh, last entry in his journal, just frozen ice. And all the crewmen, when they found the crewmen, they were frozen in their hammocks. They were frozen in the sleeping quarters in the hammocks they lay in. And, and the last date in the logbook showed for 13 years this, this vessel had been moving around among the icebergs in the Antarctica. Nothing more than a drifting supplica. Moved by a frozen crew. And I read that, and I said, God forbid that we as a church ever become like that ship. Just a bunch of frozen moving around. Have you maintained your spiritual boiling point in your life? Problem presented, lukewarm. Examination required, Christian disciplines primarily. Judgment promised, going to be judged. And then the solution possible, repent. Earnestly, sincerely repent. And so let me ask you today, would you join me today as I make a personal commitment to examine my spiritual boiling point, my, my spiritual, whether I'm hot or cold, my spiritual temperature, and seek to do the best I can to maintain that spiritual boiling point of being hot in my life in those Christian disciplines. I pray that you would. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you, and I thank you for a time that we, we've had to come together today and God, as a pastor of a church, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about the lukewarmness of so many people in which at one time were so hot on you and for you. Speak to our hearts. Speak to my heart. Show me those disciplines in my life that I need to just turn up the fire on. And Lord, I pray for each person here. This is a hard sermon to, to hear for me to even preach and for me to listen to second time 
And Father, I pray that you'll speak to hearts today where we've evaluated our spiritual temperature and help us to make a commitment today to turn up the burner and be hot for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Terry's going to lead us in the familiar hymn, Just As I Am. And that's the way God accepts us, just as we are. And let me mention this to you. You may be here today and you've never trusted Christ. Well, again, I want to thank you for viewing our worship service. If you'd like to know how you could come to know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, please feel free to contact our church at the address listed. We also encourage you to visit our website, 